Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I am your host, Dan Vespers, and this, of course, is a sports ethos presentation. This is a live edition of the pod. Uh, Those of you watching on the YouTubes, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Vespers. We do, as I've said a million times before, a crap ton of stuff on social media that is simply faster than waiting for my next YouTube video or waiting for my next recorded podcast. And I want you guys to keep listening to those, good Lord. Um, but also we need to do stuff in between. So do follow me on Twitter. You can follow the uh, the website at ethosfantasybk or just go to sportsethos.com. Check out the brand new and improved relaunched for this season free forums at sportsethos.com slash community. It's totally free. You can put your questions in there. A lot of folks, you guys ask me a ton of stuff on social media. I can't keep track of it. Um, putting it in the forums, I can actually keep track of it. I get email alerts when that stuff happens. And if I did that with Twitter, I would die. What we're going to do on today's show, uh, no Aaron Bruski today. Very sorry. I know he's in the name of the YouTube video, uh, but he is driving right now. So we can't put him on a video pod. That simply wouldn't be safe. So you got me solo. We're going to go through the Wednesday recap. It was a big card. It was a lot of fun. A lot of stuff went down. And then again, if we can do that in uh, about a half an hour, then we'll have some time for questions at the conclusion. So again, pop those over in the chat room, which I guess is this direction for you guys. It's this direction for me. It's all very confusing. It's not a mirror. It's a, it's a, this, yeah, I got to go, I got to go opposite and I'll figure that out one day. No, I won't. Am I kidding? I'm not going to figure this stuff out. Again, it's at Dan Bespris on Twitter for those doing the uh, recorded edition of today's podcast. But the beauty of you, the for those of you that are watching on video, is that I can do something like this, and you can actually see what I'm going through as I go through it. So this is the Basketball Monster box score page. It's a great way to uh, organize your stuff. And it also sorts by the uh, relative power, the relative impact of a fantasy line. So that's kind of fun, too. Let's start motoring our way through. Dallas and Orlando had a weird early game yesterday. Jalen Suggs sort of dodged two of his big issues. The turnovers were low. The free throw number was low, So he and he made them. Uh, so that didn't end up being a problem for him. And he actually had two three-pointers. So this was kind of good, Jalen Suggs. Um, I still don't think that he's a must-start player in nine-category leagues. He has these massive, massive holes in his fantasy game. And it's why he's number 190 in 28 minutes of ballgame. So it's not like it's an opportunity thing. He's a medium-volume 60% foul shooter right now. He's over three turnovers a game. He's shooting 43% from the field. And yes, the steals are good. And five assists is decent. But it's just not enough to counterweight that other stuff. So I get it. There's, there's a fun thing happening there, but it's a points league fun thing happening there. I thought the better stories from this ball game was that, one, Mobamba got 24 and a half minutes. If Bamba plays 24 minutes, he's very much a fantasy player. He hits threes, he gets rebounds, he blocks shots, and he did a little bit of that in this one. I'm calling Mobamba a speculative ad. If he doesn't get 22 minutes in the next ball game, meaning if he falls back to like 17 or 18, just drop him. You only need one game to see it, whether it's going to be a back-and-forth kind of thing or if it's a consistent thing. But if they're in a competitive ball game the next time out, 
and Bamba plays 22 or more minutes again, he starts to lock himself in as someone you hang on to. So I'm recommending Bamba as a pickup. Um, he's not the best pickup from the night. There were other names that we'll get to in a little bit, but he's certainly an interesting one, and his upside is terrific. We saw it last year, you know, 50-range guy, and it, that was only like 25 minutes of ballgame. Over on the Dallas side, Dwight Powell started. He had some foul stuff going on, but I, I also think it just sort of doesn't matter. Um, Christian Wood was out. That's why Powell... Well, they're moving bodies around. That's not necessarily why Powell was in the starting lineup, but it's why Maxi Kleba got 33 minutes off the bench. None of those guys really comes out to a fantasy value. If Powell could like get 30-plus minutes, he would, but I just don't see that happening. It's never been a thing in Dallas, and I don't. there's no reason for it to change overnight. Just because Wood was out or, you know, JaVale McGee isn't, just simply isn't very good. Uh, I had a lot of folks on Twitter yelling at me about Josh Green. I don't see it yet. Um, he's fine. Like, he's a decent basketball player. But we're looking at fantasy here. And, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. was out. And, or no, sorry, he was back in there. He was dinged up. But, like, uh, Reggie, Reggie Bullock started. He played his 26 minutes. There's just a log jam. There's just a lot going on there, and I, I don't see how there's enough for Josh Green to to carve out a big enough role on a team where it's all Luka all the time, and then every once in a while Spencer Dinwiddie has a good ball game, like he did yesterday, which this pushes Dinwiddie, by the way, back up and over the 100 mark. So back and forth we go with this, will anyone besides Luka uh, be inside the top 100? This game for Luka, by the way, the percentages were poor and dropped him down to number 5. So he's still scoring 35 points a game. He's still getting two steals a night. Luca also blocked two shots in this ballgame. So, uh, you know, like 2.7 defensive stats. This is, in 9-cat, still a sellable moment for Luka Doncic. And I think there is actually a chance he averages 35 points, 8 boards, and 8 assists over the course of the year. But two steals, no. 0.7 blocks, no. 50% from the field, no. And frankly, 3.2 turnovers, might go up. He only had, he had zero yesterday, and they lost because he couldn't shoot. If he doesn't carry them on offense, there's not a whole lot to like there. Portland beat Charlotte on the road. Uh, no Yusuf Nurkic and no Jeremy Grant. Justice Winslow started, but as we've said on a few shows recently, if a tree falls in the forest. The more interesting was Drew Eubanks. Temper our expectations a little bit. Eubanks is very much a points and rebounds guy. He got three blocks yesterday, but they came like bing, bang, boom, right in a row, pretty much. Uh, he's not a terrible foul shooter. He missed two of his four yesterday, but that's not usually his big problem. The problem I saw here was that he didn't close the ball game. Portland went small down the stretch, and Eubanks only got 22 minutes. So there's no guarantee that in a competitive basketball game, Eubanks is going to get 28 minutes even when Nurk is out. And that's what you would want. If he's going to slot in there, you'd want him to get his usual 15 to 20, plus another 15 of Yusuf Nurkic's minutes. And he didn't. So do I add Drew Eubanks? Maybe. Um, you know, Nurk's thing is an adductor, a core issue. So... Now, I, th I think there is actually a chance that he misses another game or two, and if you're starved for rebounds and field goal percent, Eubanks actually does make sense. But in the like the will-it-won't-it it situation, will he pan out as a guy that's like an obvious super stream every time Nurkic is out? I think the answer is 
you're maybe looking more at like a 60% of the time it works, 40% of the time it doesn't, and that's teetering on decent enough. They play the Pelicans tonight. If Nurkovich missed the front end of a back-to-back, I've got to think he's missing the back end of it, but, you know, never know. Maybe he shows up uh, and plays in this one. But the Pels are big and strong, so this is an opportunity perhaps to see more Eubanks, provided he doesn't get into foul trouble because you've got to deal with uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Larry Nance is questionable. If he's in there, he's a bigger dude. Uh, Obviously, Zion is a gigantic dude. Does that mean that Eubanks gets 26-27? Maybe. Um, would I start him in a Roto Games Cap format? I, I don't think that I have the confidence for that right now. Um, it, it's it's possibility, but I'd probably squat on that one. Dennis Smith Jr., mega stream continues. Four more steals for one of the league leaders in that department right now. And I would say somewhat quietly, too, because he's just been consistently good. He's number 64 uh, you know, he's he's 12 games in. We have a dozen games out of Dennis Smith Jr., and he's an early sixth-round value. Yes, obviously, this has a lot to do with Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball missing time, but with Gordon Hayward going down, Charlotte said, look, DSJ, you've been good enough. You just stick here, and perhaps he ends up being that, like, if two guys are out on Charlotte, he's the beneficiary. So hang on, keep streaming him until LaMelo Ball comes back, I think you can even stream him after Gordon Hayward comes back because there's, like, Hayward will see a lot of those minutes, but you'll still see Dennis Smith getting probably mid-20s. Once everybody's back, then you're kind of in trouble. There just sort of isn't room for him at that point. But right now there certainly is, and he's fifth in the NBA in steals per ball game. I believe he's second in the league in total steals to this point, uh, and he's been just a, a massive, massive win for fantasy teams because of it. So just keep streaming. Jalen McDaniels, I thought he'd be better with Gordon Hayward out. Turns out he wasn't. Um, you know, he's sort of a, a streamable guy that I think you can move on from. He's, he's cooled off a little bit. He had this kind of heater run to start the year. Uh, good Lord, Kelly Oubre, doing so much more damage to your fantasy team than helping. There, there's this there's this thing that happens with a guy, because like, he's scoring almost 18 points per ball game, and he's over a steal, and he's got two and a half, three pointers. So you look in there like, oh, three good things. Mm. He doesn't pass. His field goal percent is atrocious. His free throw percent is atrocious. He's killing you in three categories right now, and that's why he's near number 160. He's not startable, and frankly, I don't even know that you need to hang on to him because... You know, maybe some of that stuff comes around a little bit. Maybe the the field goal ticks up to, like, 42. The free throw maybe gets into the low 70s. It's still just not enough. So I'll plant my flag in it. Screw it. You can move on from Kelly Oubre. Not in points leagues. Points leagues, like, keep hanging on there. But category leagues, he's just, like, he's not going to be that guy that he was very briefly in Phoenix where there was enough other stuff besides just scoring in threes. Everything else is a disaster. We got to move a little bit quicker here, don't we? Uh, Nikola Jokic had awful foul trouble and still managed to put up a pretty damn sweet line. I mean, the the obvious conclusion there is don't worry about it. He's still number six uh, on a per-game basis, and it just doesn't really feel like he's done anything yet. That's pretty cool. KCP, start with confidence. He's been awesome. Um, No one was talking about him for a long time. He's number 53 
in non-category leagues. Now, here comes Jamal Murray. He's cooking. 18-8-4, three steals, perfect at the foul line. He's now coming on. Aaron Gordon actually was pretty good in this ballgame again. Um, you know, he's got those other fantasy problems that's going to keep him from being super successful, but he is inside the top 100 right now. So, officially, all five Denver starters are startable. And Bones Island is not far off now. He's had about three good ball games in a row. Um, Roto, I'm probably not starting him. Head-to-head, he very much should be on rosters. So uh, throw him on the ad list. That's like the third one already. On the Indiana side, honestly, I don't even know what to do with Jalen Smith anymore. He played six first-half minutes, got benched for almost the entire thing. He did play a dozen second-half minutes and was better at that point, but it was kind of too little too late. He's going to get yanked around. Um, we're seeing that now. Rick Carlisle has always done that with his younger players. If he's not good, he's not going to get to play, and today he wasn't good. Now, if Miles Turner gets traded, Isaiah Jackson gets a big bump, Smith gets a bump, but they've got all these other guys that they're just sort of dropping in out of the sky. Neesmith, Nemhart. They're not even playing Terry Taylor anymore. They're not even playing... O'Shea Brissett really got 12 minutes in this ballgame, but they've got guys that can just parachute out of the sky and take power forward minutes away, and it's a problem. Now, you're obviously hanging on to Isaiah Jackson because you saw what he can do in 17 and a half minutes yesterday. He was he was crazy, 17 and 10 with a block. Like, that's why, because if, if Miles Turner gets moved, which you've got to believe he does, Jackson becomes a mondo beast immediately. With Jalen Smith, I think you glue him to your bench for now. Um... But you can always ask yourself the question, would someone add this guy if I dropped him? And right now, I don't think that they would. I just don't. Like, he's been bad. I think he's 165, 170, something like that. Benedict Matherin had uh, a Boyan Bogdanovichian line. 30 points on six three-pointers and basically nothing else. And as great as that looked, uh, that was a positive in, in two fantasy categories yesterday. Points and threes. And then... Oh, and field goal percent. Sorry, Benedict, I shorted you one. But negative in free throws, negative in turnovers, negative in blocks, negative in steals, negative in assists, negative in rebounds. Got to do more than three things. He's a guy you can get stuff for in a trade because he hit six three-pointers in a ballgame and he's hitting and he's you know scoring 20 points a night, but he's 130. And the reason he's ranked 130 is because of all that other stuff. That's not to say he's not good. He's been awesome. He's probably been the most impressive rookie so far this year. But this is a fantasy show. Anywho, uh, Boston, Malcolm Brogdon tweaked a hammy. Well, it was always a matter of time with him. I mean, what he, we got three weeks out of Brogdon before he got hurt. That's a win. What I don't know, and because this was a blowout, um, so minutes were a little kooky regardless. What I don't know is, is there a direct beneficiary here yet? We couldn't see that from the results of this ballgame. I would assume... Derek White is the winner there, but I also don't really know for sure because Boston pulled White. He didn't start this ballgame. Grant Williams did. Uh, They went a little bit bigger, so White was coming off the bench. Brogdon was also coming off the bench, and, you know, Sam Hauser hit six threes. He played really well off the bench. A little bit of that was garbage time, but he played well overall. The only things that we know are happening is that Marcus Smart is going to start Tatum, Brown, and Horford are going to start. Those four guys are pretty safe right now. I know Smart hasn't been that good this year, but he's relatively safe. And then beyond that, we need to know. 
So if they say, oh, Brogdon's going to miss a week, great. The next ball game, we track it. That's our data point game, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast. And for those watching on YouTube, maybe you haven't seen me talk about this particular thing. Early in the season, you don't need to dive in with a pickup, right, when somebody goes down. You can wait a game, and you can file it in the Rolodex. Okay, here's what the Celtics look like when Brogdon is out. All right, here's who gets the minutes. Does Derek White get the bump? Does Marcus Smart get the bump? Does it just get spread around? Does nobody get the bump? Great, we know that. Maybe you can act on it. You know, maybe he misses three ball games, and we can act on it for the final two. Maybe he only misses one, and we just have to remember it for next time, because with Brogdon, there will be a next time. Boy, how good did Jaden Ivey look in this one? Wow. Also quite impressive. Jalen Duran, uh, he got 30 minutes. I mean, again, some of this was blowout stuff, so the minutes are a little screwball. Duran hasn't taken over the center spot. Isaiah Stewart, Stewart is still the starter there. Duran, someone we've been talking about as, like, keep one eye on him all season long in case that power balance flips, but it hasn't yet. Uh, I think the bigger story, honestly, on that Detroit side is Cade, who's been hugely underwhelming so far this year. And, you know, there's a little back padding going on, yes, but I did yell at everybody that listened to my pod. He's going way too early. I think that was actually one of the position battles. Do you, does anybody remember that when I was on uh, Josh's pod, Josh Lloyd's pod? Did we argue Cade versus someone else at like 30-something? I don't know. You know I was going to argue against the young guy. But there just, there wasn't a way. Like, you looked at his stats, and you were like, how does this guy go from 90 to 30? He already had all the usage on the team. What was left to add? It was fixing things that you just can't, like, Brandon Ingram is the only player I can remember that fixed, like, three categories in one offseason. And then most of those have actually come back down after that. He fixed his three-pointers, his free-throw stroke, and his defensive stats. So it's four categories, all in one offseason, which was nuts. That was when he went from like a 120 range guy to a 35 range dude. Guess what? Defensive stats have gone back away for him. It's still cool that he fixed two things, but like f- nobody fixes two, three, four things at the same time. Whatever, you're hanging on to him. Um, would I buy low on Cade right now? I would, but you're just not going to get him for that cheap because somebody spent a big draft pick on him. It's too much to pay. Brooklyn smacked around the Knicks, which they do tend to do. Um, the Knicks are weird these days. Tom Thibodeau is, like, blaming their issues on Isaiah Hartenstein. You're holding on there. He was way too good early this season that, like, somehow Mitchell Robinson went down and Tibbs is like, ooh, Jericho Sims, you're going to fix our issues. You're not picking up Jericho Sims. You're not dropping Isaiah Hartenstein. You are looking at the Knicks and wondering what the hell's going on but you're not doing those other things. Move on. Kevin Durant, triple-double, 29-12-12, a steal, two blocks, a three-pointer. Ah, KD. Phew. Every time he plays and has a good game, my heart fills because he was the one. You guys all remember this. He was the one during draft season. I was like, if you can take Kevin Durant in the first round, I don't care where you get him, you get him outside of Jokic. Jokic is one. Try to get KD. And he was falling to 6-7 and seven in some spots. Now, admittedly, Steph Curry, Shea, <laughs> they're in front of him right now, a 9-cat. Um, I don't... I still think Shea's got to fall back to earth at some point here. Like, can he keep up 3.4 defensive stats and 54% shooting? I don't know. Every game he does it, I'm like, well, all right, I guess he's still doing it. Uh, but whatever. Kevin Durant, huge uh, winner so far. That's cool. 
Seth Curry, 23 points off the bench in 23 minutes. That's worth keeping an eye on. I would say you could add him just to see what happens, but that's hard for me to say after I already told you guys to probably add Mo Bamba, maybe add Drew Eubanks, uh, hang on to Dennis Smith Jr., um, watch what's happening in Boston. Can we also create a spot for Seth Curry? Probably not. But we should at least keep track of it. Like, does he jump Joe Harris for the shooting guard spot? If he does, he becomes an ad. Because Seth Curry in, you know, starters minutes is a top 60 range guy. 23 minutes off the bench, that's not a sustainable number for him. But we do need to keep track of it. Also, um, this is why we were afraid of Cam Thomas coming off the bench. Because if other guys got warm, he just wasn't going to have the opportunity. Do we see Kyrie Irving by the, the by early next week? I don't actually know. Uh, and so all of this then changes again because KD got 19 shots. Kyrie would get 15 to 19 shots. And then all these other guys would be sort of scraping for eight or nine. And at that point, maybe it doesn't even matter. Other than Royce O'Neal, who's literally doing everything right now. There's a, there's a weird like lack of buy-in on Royce O'Neal across the fantasy landscape, and I don't fully understand it because he's number 63, and he's shooting 39% still. Like I don't know what that number's going to end at because we don't really have a, a big amount of data on what three-point shooting Royce O'Neal is. Like Maybe he stays at 39%, but 10 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.8 blocks, 2.5 threes, that gets it done. Dude's getting it done. Utah wins again. This team is sick, man. I, Colin Sexton was terrible. Um, you're hanging on there. I've had to take like two different postures with Sexton that sort of don't, they're, they're kind of incongruous with one another. Meaning like during draft season, I didn't tell anybody to draft Colin Sexton because I don't really like his fantasy game. He's mostly scoring. Even in his best years in Cleveland, he was like a 95 range guy. Uh, but if you did draft him, and you were like, why is this dude playing 16 minutes? The, the advice was to hold. I think the advice is still to hold there if you have him. I have nine leagues this year. I cut it down from like 14 to nine. I have one Colin Sexton, and I'm holding. So if you want to do what I'm doing, I'm holding there. But largely what I'm doing is I tried not to have him to begin with. Uh, Kelly Olenek, not foul trouble this time around. They just went to a different look. You saw more Malik Beasley, actually, as they went small. They sort of were, like, daring Clint Capella to hurt them. And Capella, to his credit, had a pretty good ball game, but he's not, like, not an interior offensive force. If you're looking at it like, oh, Walker Kessler got all those center minutes, he didn't, actually. He got a couple extra, yes, but mostly this was Utah going small. I think Markinen and Vanderbilt were playing center in that one. Um, so that's the, that is one of the fears with Olenek. Still was okay in this ballgame. You're still holding there, but monitor. I had some folks ask me if I'm dropping Jared Vanderbilt. No, I'm definitely not. Um, he's been fine. I know he's been quieter, and that's what always happens with him because he's an energy guy, and so if the rebounds aren't coming his way in a particular ballgame, his numbers are going to look a little lackluster. But I still think he's going to be good. Um, maybe temper the expectations. I had him as like a, a 60 range guy after that early season run. It, it might be more like 80 to 90. Either way, still good. Larry Markinen, awesome again. 
You're not adding Malik Beasley. Jordan Clarkson was solid. Um, yeah, that's all I really need to know from that ballgame. Trey Young, by the way, not good so far this year. Has shot the ball horribly. High, high volume, 38%, which does make him a buy low. If somebody's freaking out, you could probably give up, oh, I don't know, maybe Paul George would get it done? I don't think he's going much higher than 20 I don't know if I'd even make that trade. Nine cat? I don't know that Trey actually gets in front of Paul George in nine cat. Devin Booker, I would do. Darren Fox. Those are ones that might make it happen. Maybe Dame. Those guys might end up pretty close to one another, actually. Ah, well. Uh, Want to pause here and let you guys know to check out our buddies at thrivefantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. And it occurs to me that I probably could have set this up on uh, on YouTube so that you could actually see the uh, the Thrive Fantasy tab. So I'm going to do that while I talk to you here, but we are going to do this quick little promo. Did that work? I think that worked. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's the Thrive Fantasy website. Cool. Look at how nice that looks. Wow. Look at what Dan's able to do with the magic of live video. ThriveFantasy.com, the website. If you sign up now... Using promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, they'll give you a deposit match bonus up to $250, which is pretty awesome because, as I've said on this pod before, you basically just need to win a quarter of your plays to not lose money with that initial bump. And if you do any better than that, terrific, you're in the green or the black, whatever color you want to call it when you're up ducats. Um... The other note on Thrive Fantasy and the Thrive Fantasy app is that it is props. It's not traditional DFS. Look, you actually you can spin the wheel here and win some more stuff here when you log in. Uh, they give you 20 props to choose from on the card. It's overs and unders for key stud players. You pick if you think they're going to get to their number or not. Follow our DFS team, by the way, over at Sports Ethos. They can give you a nice head start on some of that stuff as well. Uh, Thrive Fantasy, prop up. And tell them Ethos sent you with our special note. That'll get it done. Okay, then you pull my ugly mug right back into the forefront here on YouTube. Uh, reminding everybody that's watching, please do click the like button on YouTube and subscribe to our page. I have pipe dreams of doing this show live every single day. It's probably not going to happen, but it is a dream of mine. And I will feel satisfied if I even get to part of that. So maybe I'll start doing them on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Brew or, you know, do it Tuesday, Wednesday myself and Thursday with Brew or something like that. Um, I think we could have a lot of fun if this is like the behind the scenes part. You guys can watch me film it. We won't do questions every single day. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when there's a few extra minutes, I'll throw questions in as well. Um, and to those of you that are listening to the podcast after the fact, don't worry. Recorded show not going anywhere. I'll be doing that thing and probably until the day I die. Uh, but let me figure out the tech here to make sure you guys can see the box scores I'm working with again. There we go. Let us continue. Post sip of water here. I mean, with recorded pot, I don't actually tell anybody I'm sipping water typically, but we're doing it today. Um, Tara Eason is a guy who's going to get a lot of attention after this one. He had five steals and just a, a pretty well-rounded line, frankly. Um, he's going to get added fast. Because there's a lot of buzz around his name. He had a big preseason. Um, so a lot of folks were adding him even before the season started. And then he really didn't do anything for a little while. 
But there's a lot to like. He rebounds well. Uh, the assists were completely out of the blue, so don't expect him to get five assists per ball game in 20 minutes. I mean, his previous 44 minutes, he had two assists. But the steals profile well. Uh, 1.4 steals in 18 minutes per game right now. The blocks are actually not terrible. He's at .6. That's not going to be a thing that, like, blows the roof off the building. You can see if his game log, he had one block, three blocks, and then he went, like, two weeks without one. Um, so mostly I think you'd be looking at the steals side. You know, the issue, as it is with a lot of young players, is can he shoot, free throws, or regular? And the answer is probably not, at least here at the beginning. Uh, he'll be a negative in those. If you pick him up, this is my warning, you will be wading through a lot of tough, tough ball games. My personal advice is to wait. You can ignore it if you want, if you want to jump on the new thing. Like, if you're in a Keeper League, Dynasty, stuff like that. Dynasty's probably already on a roster. Keeper League, I get it. You know, maybe you're rebuilding, or you can just squat on him, and he's a guy that comes bursting forth towards the end of the year, or even in next year. He's just, he's too far down the board. In Houston. Alperen Sengun in front of him. Jalen Green in front of him. Jabari Smith, who played better yesterday, still wasn't great, in front of him. Kevin Porter Jr. in front of him. Eric Gordon in front of him. I know Eason got 15 shots. I know he went buck wild with usage in yesterday's game. But that is not his team. And they're not going to just let him grab control of it. While they're also basically trying to give their third overall pick the confidence to play, well, with conviction in an NBA game. You can still buy low on Jabari Smith Jr., which I believe you should. His stat profile is pretty good. January. Like, a lot of this stuff is going to happen in January. It's why you don't draft rookies. You can buy on them midseason if you still want them. K.J. Martin looked pretty good again here. Uh, the minutes fluctuate too much when that team is healthy. If they ever cleared out one slot in front of him, maybe it's Aaron Gordon needs to move, or, I mean, none of those other guys is going anywhere, so it would probably have to be Gordon. If that was what it took to get KJ, you know, 27, 28 minutes a game, he'd be an immediate add. Right now, he's more of a schedule streamer level guy, which, like, between 100 and 125, we call those guys schedule streamers because if they have, like, three games and four nights, you drop them into a head-to-head -head team, but not so much on the Roto side. Precious Achua turned an ankle on the Toronto half of this ledger, and somehow it didn't help Chris Boucher, who I know I've been pushing on you guys, and uh, mea culpa... He's fallen out of the good graces again over there. I, I don't know what the hell happened. Um, he looked terrific for like four or five games when Freddie Van Fleet and then Siakam were down. Uh, but he got jumped by Thad Young in this one. And he got jumped by Coloco in a previous one. And jumped by Precious Achua in another one. And they're just... Toronto's rotating through whatever guy can fit with the others. Otto Porter picked up a bunch of that time. I think you can move on from all of those Toronto bench players, including Achua. And frankly, if any of them got the minutes, you know, if, like if Boucher got mid-20s in minutes, he'd be good enough. Porter needs more like high-20s, and his body can't take that. So for now, just start Van Vliet, OG, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent, call it a day, move on. Campaign! Superstream day one, a rousing success. And Mikhail Bridges, just overall a rousing success. Bridges now... Number 19 in nine category leagues. Holy crap. Larry Markinen, Brooke Lopez, and Mikhail Bridges are 17, 18, and 19 in nine category leagues right now. You could very easily have gotten those guys in the seventh, like 11th, and probably fifth or sixth rounds, respectively. Wow. 
Uh, meanwhile, over on the Minnesota side, I was getting should I drop Jaden McDaniels questions prior to yesterday, so hopefully this quiets a lot of that down. Um, this did create an opening if you want to buy on Carl Anthony Towns, who obviously went bigger when Rudy Gobert was down for a couple of days. But just overall, like, he's been okay. The problem, of course, with buying on Towns is that he's ranked 20th, but you're not going to be able to get him for someone else ranked 20th because someone probably drafted him at 10 or 11 or 12, and they're going to expect something closer to that coming back. Now, if Towns sticks at 20 for another month, you could probably get him there. There's just not really going to be a time to buy low on him. There's going to be a time that comes when you can buy accurate, but not low. No truly interesting news out of the New Orleans side of that, uh, really other either, either side of this New Orleans-Chicago game. Herb is playing better, figured he would once he got healthy. Um, Zion, whatever you wanted out of him. McCollum had a terrible game, but he'll be fine. JV was better because no Larry Nance. That's a one-to-one -one correlation. He was losing time to Nance. There was no Nance. Trey Murphy, you can drop. There's not enough for him left. I figured that was going to be the case. I wanted. To, I think it was wise of us to like stash him on the bench for a game or two after the, the main guys got back just to see could he create a consistent pocket, and the answer is no, nah, not really. Um, if you have Larry Nance, I think you got to hang on to him. They really like going to him. Um, JV was good in this ball game, and you know what would have happened if Nance was around? I don't know, but he's picking up a lot of that extra time. Like Willie Hernan Gomez is not going to play in this one if Nance is around. JV is going to play probably six, seven minutes less, uh, and they love what Nance is bringing. But we figured once he hyperextended his knee, he wasn't going to be back in the next ball game. Just if you can, probably squat on Nance for a game or two. And uh, see how it goes when he comes back. On the other side, Patrick Williams had four blocks. I still don't really trust him unless someone is out. I'm starting to feel the same way about Io, who got off to a really nice start. But now that Levine is settling in and the Bulls don't have a back-to-back -back until mid-December, and Caruso, same story. It seems like the Bulls are Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch. When everybody's healthy, those guys are obviously starts. But it takes someone being out. And it's funny, like... All it takes is Zach Levine being out, and three guys move ahead of the cut line. That's how much that usage matters. Or DeRozan, I would imagine. But for now, I think you can probably just go with the core three. Memphis beat San Antonio, took some extra time to get there, which meant typically decent lines, although our good buddy Keldon Johnson had a very poor shooting game. Oh well, it happens. What are you going to do? Literally zero adjustments to any of our tracking numbers on either side of this ballgame. None. No adjustments. Move on. Milwaukee rested everybody, and so they went to double overtime to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Brooke Lopez enjoyed playing 46 minutes of basketball. He had 24 points, 13 boards, five blocks, and Brolo, as we already said, number 18. Javon Carter, huge winner here with no Giannis and no Drew Holiday. Uh, I would assume Giannis is back for their next ball game. So whatever we learned from this one, this is a file it away game again. However, on the Thunder side, Alexei Pokushevsky now deserves a pickup. For a long time, we were just sort of watching the Thunder to see would anybody actually kind of, quote-unquote, be allowed to play normal minutes for more than one game in a row. 
And Poku seems to be that guy. Because if you go back to October 27th, he played 26 minutes against the Clippers, 24 in Dallas, 31 against Orlando, 28 against Denver. He missed a couple games with a shoulder issue, and then he came back here, and yeah, 39 in double overtime. It would have been more like 30 without the two extra periods. He needs to be rostered to see what happens. His field goal and free throw percent are going to be terrible. The hope is that he just doesn't get to the foul line, which basically he doesn't. But he hits three-pointers, steals, blocks shots, rebounds, scores, can pass a little bit. There's enough good stuff there where you should add him and probably put him on your bench because there's a very real chance that the Thunder's next ball game, they rest him because of double overtime or they bring him off the bench and play him 12 minutes. Anything can happen. But I've seen enough now in the last two or three games to say it seems like they're going to give Poku a little bit of runway here. Let's see where it goes. That's as much as I want to go with that one. Hey, let's see if I can use this fun technology to do our next ad read. Can I do it? Am I smart enough to pull this thing off? Probably not. Uh, so let's see. If you're watching live, you're going to see Windows disappear and reappear. And if you are listening to me on the recorded pod, you're just going to be like, Dan, hurry up and say whatever it is you're trying to say here. What I'm trying to say is that I would love it if you guys could give a holler to our buddies over at manscaped.com. I love the YouTube part because I can actually just show you the things I'm talking about here. The thing that my wife insists that everybody looks at is this one, the Shears, the Luxury Nail Kit 2.0. It's got uh, tweezers. Here they are. I'm highlighting them with my mouse on the screen. A round point scissors, clippers, a nail file, and a leather case that's actually magnetized. The little the flap comes down. You know what? Look, here we go. If you're watching on YouTube, I've actually got it on my desk right in front of me. This is it. That's the Manscaped uh, shears. It flips open like this, and you got the devices right there inside. Pop! Magnetized closed. Uh, it's the best clipper that I've ever used, and it's not close. Because for a long time, I was using, like, fishing line clipper on my nail, uh, and that was a, a bad idea. But this has changed things. And look, it's 20 bucks right now. You can get it for 16 using our promo code ETHOS20, which not only gets you 20% off, but also free shipping over at manscaped.com. They've also got all these other really cool stuff, the bestseller list here. These are the packages, uh, boxers, which they sent me. They're really, they're very smooth and nice. Uh, the full body grooming kit, the platinum package performance. Check it all out at manscaped.com. Promo code ETHOS20. Don't leave, YouTube viewers. I'm coming back from the damn promo read. Don't worry, it's only a minute. Ethos 20. 20% 20 off free shipping over at manscaped.com. And remember, ethos without a number is the promo code for our buddies over uh, at Thrive Fantasy. Quickly now, let's get back into the boxes. We only have a couple games left to go. I want to bring that screen back over for you guys watching live. And there we go. Lakers. You, we finally got a game where LeBron looked like LeBron. 30 points, 8 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, 4 three-pointers, above 50% shooting from the field. He had made both of his free throws, and then he tweaked a groin in the final 5 minutes, missed 2 free throws, and left the ball game. I mean, you want to talk about a game spinning on its head like that. We're like, oh, great, LeBron looks like LeBron. And then, ouch, goofed the free throws, 
didn't even get to finish. He probably would have scored another four to six points. He almost definitely would have had an assist, a rebound in there. The fates. Um, Lakers suck. That's another problem here. Um, they're also weirdly not getting calls. LeBron got fouled about nine times in that game, and two of them, I think, got whistled. He actually did look good. Now, if LeBron is out, you can probably start Russell Westbrook. Um, Patrick Beverly might actually be startable while LeBron is out if he's going to miss it. He said he's hoping to play on Friday. I'll believe it when I see it because groin stuff is weird. My guess is LeBron misses like three or four games for this thing. Hopefully it's not longer than that. Let's just watch one. Because the last time when he sat that well, that back-to-back out in Utah, I don't think that the most of the main guys were back yet. But, you know, you'll see more usage for AD. You'll see more usage for Russ. You'll see more for a guy like Lonnie Walker when he comes back. Um, and possibly enough for Bev to make a difference. I don't think you need to make that plunge without actually seeing how it goes. Uh, meanwhile, over on the Clippers side, it's the same three names, and I'm not expanding beyond that. Norman Powell, of course, got warm. I mean, everybody gets warm when they play the Lakers because that's like you get fat against that team right now. But it's Paul George, Marcus Morris, who's just been awesome so far this year, and Ivica Zubats. Easy. And the last game of the night, the Kings hung 127 on the Cavs. Nobody bothered to play any defense in this ball game. Cleveland turned it over too many times. That was the difference in the game. 18 to 9. Kings won the turnover battle. Uh, so they just had more possessions. And they turned it into points. Harrison Barnes was really good, but I'm not doing anything with it because he was just super efficient. So feh, kick it off to the side. Kevin Herter was a little better again. Great. Hang on to him. Keegan Murray was much better in this ballgame. Still, I think you could probably buy low on him. Uh, he has a really bright future. I think this type of line is something you can expect from him. Maybe not as many three-pointers, perhaps a couple extra rebounds. Balance some of that stuff out. And uh, Malik Monk is probably the, more, the, the big story there, aside from continuing to try to buy low on Keegan Murray. Monk, 14 points, 5 assists, 27 minutes again. He's very much an ad if he wasn't already. I think after their last ballgame, I did say go ahead and add and just kind of see what happens for a little bit. I feel confident enough to say that, you know, when the Kings are playing teams where you've you got a good feel they're going to put up some points, I think you can get Monk in the mix. He's jumped over Davion Mitchell. It's not really close anymore. Um, and he's getting that mid to high 20s on a team that just wants to run and fire. So, yeah, that's perfect for Monk. No notes on Cleveland. Darius Garland was awful. He'll be better in the next one, you know. We might find out later he's, like, playing through something, but meh, whatever. The live video show continues, but the recorded pod is done. If you'd like to join us in the future over on the video side, you might be able to get some questions answered on these live shows. That's over at youtube.com slash sportsethos. To those of you listening here on the traditional podcast channels, thank you all once again for listening day in and day out. If you have a moment to drop a five-star review on the show, I will be forever grateful. In the meantime, have a delightful, relaxing, slightly lighter Thursday of basketball. Don't worry, we got so much left to cover. Again, over on social media, at Dan Bespris, I got plenty more to punch out there over the course of the day. We'll be tracking injury news and all that good stuff, streamers, etc. Also, guys, the wager pass. I need to tell you all about that. I'll do it over on social media. They've been winning a ridiculous amount of money, and if you're not getting involved with it, what the hell are you waiting for? But for now, my voice is tired. I've been talking really fast. I've been trying to do a bunch of things at the same time. 
Thanks for tuning in once again. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Friday. Yeah, Friday. Big show tomorrow. We'll recap the whole week. Ooh, it's been a doozy. So long, everybody. <laughs>